Shout out to Ben Frank. He's the uh, inspiration behind this record. All right, all right. What what mo- motivated you? From what did what did Ben Frank say that motivated you to play that? We were talking about you know the energy behind certain things, and he said adrenaline rush. And there it is. All right. And that's the name of the song. Twisted Adrenaline. Listen, <laughs> I don't know that one. I knew the name of this song. I felt like I heard it before. Yes. But I didn't know the name of the song because you know I. Not that anyone asked me outside of obviously the song he did with Jamie Foxx and he, of course his other singles. My favorite Twister song is him on Do, do or Die. Yes, yep. Do or Die. Oh, he, oh, yeah, he ripped that. That was crazy. Like Bars. 90 cut just spit, came in and like let it go. Whew. Yeah, just hot fire. You know back what? In the day. I want to say this about Chicago. Let's see. They're very West Coast. In their approach? In their approach, their style, uh, what they present. You know, take Twister. Twister give me West Coast vibes. Is it because he's west of the Mississippi? You think that's what it is? Do you think that that's kind of how hip-hop breaks down? Like, Because okay. if you look at Detroit, people from rappers from Detroit or that thing, they don't. They give you more East Coast vibes. Okay, yeah? okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. And you think about like... Because that's how I feel about Atlanta and Texas. Okay. Texas is, gives me more West more Coast. West, exactly. Atlanta or Georgia gives me more East Coast. Even though they're the South, it still gives me more East, East Coast, Coast influence. Not saying that they don't have their own thing. That's right, not right. But I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And kind of, if you think about, like, what is it called? Juking. Juking is in Detroit. Okay. Which kind of is like house music. But then Chicago has their Chicago house music or what it right? Mm-hmm. And their drop beats. So I, I can feel that yeah. in the West Coast. We had our. And the Brat. Mm-hmm. The yeah, was from exactly. Chicago, West Coast. She was the West Coast Snoop, West yeah. Coast female Snoop Dogg. Yeah, she definitely was in <laughs> Funkified. Was definitely sounding like you know? Snoop's little sister. Absolutely, down to the look and everything. <laughs> well, you are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. This is, of course, hour two, and we are so excited to have you. The chat still bubbling over. Terry, Terry, going back to my question regarding Kevin Hart. Are you going to work out when you get older? Is it still part of the plan? Do you feel as though keeping a sound body is just as important as keeping a sound mind? And when I say sound, I'm not saying like, hey, I just want to make sure that I can walk and get myself around and I don't have to use a walker. I mean, seriously, keep yourself fit where you feel like you could challenge a pro athlete in a foot race. Are you feeling like that? So Terry Terry says before any sport or exercise, the body must be warmed up. The Warm-up should be at least five to ten minutes. This is true, but how many 20-year-olds warm up? Not many. And so, and I'm not talking about professional. I'm talking about, like, when you're just out there messing around or maybe before you go for your run. So probably there's a lot of 40-year-olds that in their mind, in their mind, they still feel 20-ish, you know. Not that they're mistaken that they're older, but they feel like, you know, they got a little more zip than they normally would 
Terry, Terry also says, it sounds like Kevin wasn't warmed up enough. I'm older than Kevin and I warmed up before I run and exercise. It helps if a person has a healthy diet too. Of course, I think Kevin is vegan. So, I mean, and he seems pretty healthy. He obviously works out, but he probably also was trying extra hard to prove a point to the former NFL running back. I agree that you do have to warm up for sure. Um, to your point about uh, do 20-year-olds warm up? No, but, you know, if they're a part of a team, the coach is making them warm up. Right. And uh, I just think you could be as healthy as you can be, but I do think, like, once you cross 40, you know, you just you, you get sore easily. You know what I'm saying? Things tear easily. You could be the healthiest individual, but I just think as you get older, you, you know. Things happen. Things Listen, happen, you know. You wake up in the morning, it's a little chilly. Those bones are a little creaky. You got to stretch a little bit extra to get out of bed. It's just the natural wear and tear of the body. But I do think that keeping a healthy exercise, well, not think, we know it's proven fact. Keeping a healthy exercise routine as you get older is important for mobility's sake, for your mental health, all of that. Diet too. Diet is especially important. Diet is probably more important than exercise. 100%. If we're being honest, 100%. I mean, but, you know, and the thing is, I think people think that you have to go super, super restrictive in order to be healthy or that you can never have any of the bad stuff. And that is not true. Moderation is key. You don't need the bad stuff every single day, but that doesn't mean that you can never have it. Right. So I was watching some documentary. I forgot what it was, but it had to deal with food and you know health or whatnot and they got these three college football athletes from different schools and the experiment was they wanted to test their blood and see if that had any um impact on their performance so just to make a long story short three individuals they all got like a uh one got a chicken wrap a, a beef wrap the other one got a got like a, a vegetable wrap right mm -hmm. they checked their blood afterwards right and then the next day they all got a veggie wrap right check their blood those the, the the athletes who ate like the the one with meat mm -hmm. you can see how cloudy their blood was the individual who did the veggie you know the blood looked clear looked cherry red or whatnot the next day when all three of them ate the the veggie their blood was was clean so it i mean it is true vegetables they instantly detox you 100 vegetables fruit in your diet and water it nasty too i'm not gonna lie <laughs> I it looked it cloudy like damn i mean it's just like you think about i don't know if you've ever traveled like to europe but you hear a lot of people discuss about how the food is different over there like the bread um there's a lot of pasta, obviously, if you go to, you know, Italy, if you go to France, they eat a lot of bread and red wine with their meals. But you feel different after you eat certain foods there. Um, and it's because their pasteurization process is different. The type of preservatives that they utilize, you know, there are things that are allowed here in America that are not allowed there. And you can taste the difference. A lot of people talk about going on vacation and losing weight, even though they were eating just as much or more than they have eaten at home. I know that tends to happen with me, but I always, well, not always. I thought part of the reason for that is because 
when I'm on vacation, I'm a tourist. I like to sightsee. So I'm going to be doing more walking than I probably would if I was just at home on a regular day. But I think the food really, you know, makes a difference, especially as you get older. Your body doesn't tolerate things in the same way. So it's interesting. Like you even think about eggs and I'll say this and then I'll get off of this. But, you know, eggs in Europe, you can leave them. You don't put them in the refrigerator. You leave them out. They don't need to be refrigerated because of the pasteurization process. We try to leave eggs out here and eat them. You're going to be messed up. Hey, the American diet, it's a whole... It's, I don't even want to get into that rabbit hole. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a whole, whole, whole thing. When we come forward, we will play that Kevin Hart clip for you because you need to hear it for yourself. He is a comedian, so he is very expressive and it's pretty amusing. And we'll get into what Megan Fox and 50 Cent have going on. Also, that Rick Ross story we mentioned about the new Georgia law course and Angel Reese and what's going on with her schooling. All of that and more, you're locked into RSVP with Joe Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Hey, it's Joe Monroe. You're locked into RSVP with Joe Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So, again, we've been talking about a little bit about health and aging and what happened to one over 40 individual who thought he could get out there and just get it popping. No warm up, no stretch. Uh, against a former pro athlete. So Kevin Hart, who, you know, he's funny. Kevin got jokes. He said he has multiple injuries that he sustained from trying to run a 40-yard dash against a former NFL running back. So let's listen to him break down how all of this occurred. Yep. Well, you know, it's going to be bad. Anytime somebody starts off by saying, well, is bad. Ladies and gentlemen, the age 40 is real. To all my men, women out there that are 40 years old and above, uh, it's not a game. Respect that age. Respect that age. Or that age will will make you respect it. I was just forced to respect it. Um, this is just a public service announcement because I know people may see me out. And I don't want you to be alarmed. But I'm in a wheelchair. Yeah. I'm in a wheelchair. Why? Well, because I tried to jump out there and do some young stuff. Tried to go out there and do some young, uh, some young man stuff, and I was told to sit my ass down. Shouts out to Stephen Wiley. I'm going to go and put this story out there before you do. Me and Stephen, we got into a little debate. This debate was based off of who was faster. Those that know me know I'm pretty fast. Stephen said, Kev, ain't no way you're going to beat me. Stephen is an ex-NFL uh, running back, played for the New England Patriots. Very good guy. I said, Steve, you can bet it. He said, bet. I said, bet. We get out there, we go run the 40-year-old dash. 40-yard dash. Guys, I blew all my shit. Tore my lower abdomen. I, my abductors are torn. I don't even know what that is, but I tore them. I tore those two. I can't walk. Sit my down. This is 44. I tell you what you just lost, son. You just lost every opportunity of me going to racing you anytime soon. It's over. Kenneth, it's over. Sit down. What are we competing for at this age? Why are we like what are, what am I doing? Why did I even race? Stupid as shit ever. Now I can't walk. Cause I'm somewhere trying to get the title 
of the fastest the barbecue. What was I thinking, son? God, got to be the stupidest man alive. It is what it is, man. This is life. Uh, you know, I'm out. I got about six to eight. I blew my Welp. So Kevin has had a lot happen to him physically over the past couple of years. We know he had that car accident a few years ago. And now if he is serious about the extent of this injury, which it sounds like ego fed into this. But I just think it's interesting that someone that took on such a healthy stance and worked out as he did just from running a little race like I get you maybe a little sore maybe a little hamstring but just that much devastation either Kevin wasn't really working out in the manner with which he said or uh, his ego just did him a huge disservice I don't understand he was just that pumped here's the thing <clears throat> a lot of us you know when we talk about working out we're always working out, working out that upper body. Oh, so he you think he was just hitting, hitting the weights. Bada bing! I mean, he probably was just doing chest presses. You know what I'm saying? Uh, dumbbell. You know what I'm saying? But he wasn't doing no squats, no cardio, nothing for the lower body. Nothing for the lower body, and that probably could be the the reason. Mm, that I mean, that could be very much true. Guys like to sit on the bench. Not just guys, but I'm gonna just say guys like to sit on the bench and just you know chat and do a little bit of these. How many times do you see people buff up top and then they got toothpicks for toothpicks for legs? You know, ridiculous. But you got to get that cardio. I thought, but Kevin was a runner. That's what I thought. I thought we would see pictures of him running marathons and stuff like that. So I'm confused. <laughs> I'm really confused. Running for long distance is different than sprinting. It very much is. I had a friend that ran track in college and she was a sprinter and she was like, sprinters, we don't even talk to the distance runners. Totally different mindset, totally different approach to the game. We don't get no love. We don't give them no love. 100%. I ran track too well. I don't. I participated on the field as I was a long jumper okay. or whatnot. But I do remember those who did like the, the hundreds, two hundreds and four hundreds. They were in one group. And if anything above 400, you guys were in another group. The so distance runners, because it is very hand. different. I mean, I've never ran a marathon. I think about it, though. I actually thought about maybe a half marathon. Um I don't know if I'll really seriously do it because um, when I worked at Nike, I joined, we had a running club that we used to do. And that's when I kind of started to run and jog. And so I think at that time, the, the most I had, well, from that, the most I had run was about three or five miles. I would do a couple of races and stuff like that. And so I enjoyed it. But just a general rule I don't think I really enjoy running in that manner like I don't mind the working out I don't mind walking but running there is something about running over distance <laughs> that just turns me off I just feel like my knees are gonna be jelly when I get older <laughs> pavement feet I don't know but I see the benefits of it but also too the way that because of the way that um Fat is broken down with runners and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, they don't do a lot of lifting. In general, I, 
this is going to sound crazy, but I, I think uh, there is exercise, obviously, for mind, body, and soul. And then there's exercise because you want to be tight and look good. I vacillate between the two. So when I think about the ones that are going to make you look good, running isn't it because it wears on your body differently. If you look at people that are runners, and I'm talking about distance runners, not like sprinters and stuff, they wouldn't have what we would consider to be that fit fit looking body the way that they are they're generally smaller but they're not like you know muscle definition things like that and it's by nature of because of the sport and how things break down and stuff like that so I take that stuff into consideration when I am on my fitness thing and have um, you know a trainer I'm trying to get my YouTube on and see if I can get like some of these gurus and see what's happening you know again we're back and forth with what period we are with that um, you know maybe we'll get back I have a solution for you what's the solution it's a balance a little bit of both it is a balance it is a little bit of both and you'll be good but um Here's the thing. Like, I, I definitely agree it's a little bit of both, but I still don't like to run. And now I'm older. I'm like, I want to preserve my feet. So I will walk. Like, I don't mind that. Um, I even think that if I do a half a marathon, I will walk, which means, you know, jog for a minute, walk for five. <laughs> jog for another two minutes, walk for five. I'll say this. My lady, she did the marathon, excuse me, last year. And um, she did that. She did just what you just said. I mean, it she is, ran a couple periods. Mm-hmm. She walked. She jogged. So you you don't have to feel compelled to run the whole thing. Oh, I wasn't. There's okay. no. <laughs> there literally. Here's the reason why, though. It couldn't happen. I could think it. Well, I shouldn't say that. I could do anything I set my mind Here to. Here you go. But I do feel like that would be <laughs> extremely difficult. I'm like, I, and again, I'm not even talking about the full 26.2 miles. I'm talking about doing like 13.1 or whatever. I believe that that is what the That's half marathon start. is. Listen. What about them 5K joints? I, I mean, I've done a lot of those. Okay. A lot of 5K. That's like three and something miles. Okay. A 10K is like a little over six miles. That's what I used to do. And that's that's most of the races that I've done. And, and you ran the whole thing? No, 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 okay. no, no. I still did my little, I'm going to run for a bit. And then, walk. again, because I know this is going to sound crazy, but I'm a former dancer. Like, I believe in knee and foot health. I think that sure. that type of stuff is very important to look out for as you get older. Especially on concrete. Especially on concrete. What that does to your legs and your knees and stuff like that, especially over a prolonged period of time. Again, because I spent that time with Nike and got to talk to professional runners or people that, you know, did it as sport and spend time with them and, you know, discuss different footwear with them. You find out a lot of things. And running is on concrete, very, very hard on the body. You need to switch up your shoes. People don't, uh, they understand the importance of what type of running shoes you have, but you don't really understand the importance of those running shoes as far as your gait, your stride, how you're going to feel afterwards. All of that stuff is incredibly technical and incredibly important and running shoes aren't cheap either and they do need to be replaced like there is mileage on them and depending upon how much you do you do need to switch them out you know having this discussion um, makes me realize I mean I kind of already knew this but like you wonder why there's so many injuries going on and let's just let's just say basketball for example right for sure why is it because when I was growing up you know 
late 80s, early 90s, I just don't remember a lot of star athletes getting injured the way today's athletes are. And I understand a little bit or a lot of it probably has to do with the whole AAU circuit. Absolutely. I mean, 100%. these cats are, you could say they done played, you know, uh, seasons before they even got to the league. But to your point, you know, a lot of us grew up just playing in our backyard or whatever at the local park on the concrete, not understanding how that affects our knees. I mean, hell, I had a knee injury, you know what I'm saying, my senior year, you know. I played a lot of my times on a blacktop mm-hmm. as opposed to playing in the gym. So um, you're, you're right about that. When it comes to running, you know, you got to have the perfect shoe and just, you know, if you're going to be working out on concrete, just, just you know, <laughs> take precaution. Facts. And to your point about athletes, I think another thing, the reason why we see more injuries in this current day athlete, even though they're better trained and have better equipment and so forth, is because there isn't as much diversity across sport for them as well. Because, you know, back in the day, a guy would play football and he would play basketball. And then maybe he would run track too, football and track or something like that, or maybe basketball and baseball, something like that. They would play, you know, be diverse. One of the reasons why I think Kobe was so great, well, we know, was so great with his footwork, for example, is because he played soccer. So he had that dexterity. And I think that when we see these kids now, they're not allowed to play multiple sports because they're really trying to lock in and take the take it to the next level. And I think that we miss out on certain aspects of the game and certain technical skills because they're not learning a cross-section of skill sets. So your body is only developing and overusing these muscles that are required to start and stop if you are playing basketball up and down the court. Whereas to your point, you're going to do more strength training if you're also playing football so you can build up that core, build up your leg muscles to give you more support and you learn to make those adjustments within your game. So I think I think that for kids who are playing more than ever, I mean, I know that back in the day, obviously, people would play outside and do whatever. But this is getting up, playing organized ball to a degree. You know, when they're running through AAU camps over the weekend, they're having like three and four games a day sometimes. So it doesn't mean as much to them. And they don't get the opportunity to develop the other skills that playing a cross section of sports can. And I think that it is important for mental development. I think it's important for their skill set as a whole to have that. And if you are the parent of an athlete, not that I have any say so, but I would encourage it. As a dancer, did you have to warm up or train, so to speak, to be a dancer? Absolutely. You have to warm up your muscles. You have to stretch your muscles because if you don't, it's very – I um probably have an undiagnosed ACL like tear or a little bit in my right leg that I got Um, and it's actually kind of what stopped me from even really dancing just for pleasure because it was really really bad I never went and got it checked out because I'm like oh I just did something a little funny and I just kind of left it alone but I mean with any of that it's very very I'm lucky that I don't have dancers feet if you have looked at a dancer's feet a lot of times they're not pretty, especially if you made it to toe in ballet. Listen, those toe shoes, those boxes, 
It is not a good look. Not when you think about Boomerang and when Eddie Murphy pulled back the covers. Listen, that's what a lot of dancers' feet look like. When we come forward, we will have more trending topics, more headlines, more, more, more for you. um, VIPs, thank you for locking in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580 News and Sports is up next. Still consider Lonnie a rapper, or is he firmly planted in the actor thing now? He's an actor, Andy. He's still a rapper. We still consider Common a rapper. We still consider his bars and reasonable. When's the last time he released music? Has it been in the past ten decade or so? I mean, I know he did the spoken word join a couple years ago. That was a one-time thing. Just wondering, you know, where he's at with it. Is anybody looking forward to a new Common album? Maybe he could bring back common sense. I don't know. Well, according to title, you know, he has dropped some music, but uh, kind of like what we were talking about in the first hour. I just don't know if there was any promotion or it. buzz behind it, you know, and that that's the dangerous thing I think about today's music. Like, like I was telling you, Quavo just dropped the album and, you know, if if I wasn't following him on social media, I don't think I would have known that an album was dropping. You know, if I if I didn't catch the BT Awards when, he, you know, linked up with with Offset. I wouldn't have known that, you know, an album was cooking up. Didn't Offset's album drop? You see what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) It did, right? We had the Jealousy single and we've heard nothing else. That's kind of crazy. And it's so interesting. By the way, if you were keeping up and maybe Drake meant West Coast time, uh, his album has not hit Apple Music yet. And it is 1.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. But maybe... He is going by the West Coast, and we are leading the charge. And if that is the case, he still has an hour and a half to put it out there for the masses and so we can see what's going on with it. But it's kind of interesting to your point. Andy, what would you say? How do you think the best way to reach an audience is, or for you, what is the best way for an artist to let you know that they have new music on the way. I don't think it's the artist's responsibility. Well, I take that back. Well, not there. Okay, so I'm not putting it on them, but what medium or platform do you think that in this era an artist must do or their management or whomever must get across to make sure that they get maximum um, saturation? I think they need to collaborate with the broadcasting industry. And shows like TRL and 106 and Park need to come back. Do you think that it could still work with because we have much to the reasons why shows like Sports Center are sort of losing some of their steam? You can check out the video or these highlights at any given time on YouTube or even now on Instagram or TikTok you can. or Twitter. So would they hold the same type of impact over an audience would they lock in for that because essentially what they'd be locking in for like most things i guess would be to hear the opinions and maybe not so much see it i don't know would it be worth it like is there a weekly like podcast countdown show for music or something like that we know there's discussions but a countdown no Mm -hmm. matter what it is so to speak. The the podcast game is already oversaturated. It is. So I think that also is somewhat of a detriment to the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a sports guy. Uh, we have knuckleheads, right? 
We got a. Uh, it is what it is. We have uh, Gills uh, Arena. You know what I mean. All the smoke. Jill. I don't have time. <laughs> the old man and the three. I don't have time to listen to all of them. I don't. And I would like to play. Well, what is playoff peas? Whatever podcast peas. Podcast I'm Just P's. saying. Exactly. I, I want to listen to all of these podcasts. But who I, has the time? Who has the time? RSVP with Joe Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> listen, all of it. I got. I got to consume. I got to consume them in clips. Right. Not not because I want to, but it's just I can't, I can't sit throughout a whole hour. You know what I mean? Like I would have to dedicate maybe a day. I'm going to listen to Podcast P on Monday. Tuesday, I'm going to listen to Gilly and Walla. You know what I mean? But even then, it's too much. It it's is. too much. It's, it's oversaturated. Um, and I, would, I wonder how it's all going to shake down because I know athletes are very much of the position. We're the new media and we're <laughs> taking right. over. And, the th- and their voices are needed. And I love hearing the conversations. But let's keep it a bean. Let's keep it a buck. Speak Who, on it. Who's going to hold them accountable in these conversations? Who is going to ask them the questions that differentiate certain things? Because we know at times, and not all of them, we're getting a sanitized version uh, a sort of, you know, your ver- my version of the truth and your version of the truth might differ slightly. And then there's the actual version, you know. So I think that sometimes in some of these situations, it's a bunch of friends sitting around talking, which makes for great conversation. Absolutely. But if you're not being challenged in some of these conversations, in the positions that you're taking, if you're not getting any pushback, then at a certain point, I don't know. Well, you as the consumer, you just got to go ahead and decipher what you think is what's real and what's what's you know uh, what's fake. A um, couple other couple days ago, uh, I believe Car Anthony Towns right was on podcast P, <laughs> and he talked about the whole uh, Jimmy Butler Minnesota Timberwolves practice situation, right? <laughs> and if you read the comments, you all cap, all cap. But you know what though? You can go on YouTube, and Jeff T talked about it. On, I don't know if it's his podcast. Or it whatever. is. It's Club Seven Fifty Two or something like you that. Him and his boys. So you you you'll hear his recollection of the story, right? And then of course you know you have the Rachel Nichols interview with Jimmy Butler and the people commenting is like, "Yo, I believe Jeff Teague or I believe Jimmy Butler." So it's just you're gonna hear uh, the same story from multiple platforms, and you just gotta decipher what's real and what's fake. And I mean, I think that we like that because basically if you get different viewpoints of the same situation, you might be closer to the truth or at least understand, you know, everyone might key in on different aspects of the situation, the story or what have you. Absolutely. So you might have a more complete picture. Absolutely. And we want everybody to win. Nobody's a hater. Mm-hmm. But to your point, there are only so many hours in a day and there is only so much information and content that we can consume. And then here's the thing, too. I also think that because there's so much for us to consume, people don't sit with things like they used to and process it or really apply context to situations. They're just like, oh, in one ear, out my mouth, and we're moving on. And it's like, did you really hear what you said? Did you really listen to what they said? I I think on Zoe Williams' show, The Voice of Reason, earlier, they were having a conversation about communication skills and how much of communication is about listening. And I think that that is something that is important to mention because a lot of times 
in these conversations or even in us just enjoying all the media that's out there? Are we really listening to what's being said or are we just sort of taking it kind of like fast food and just shoveling it through just to get us from point A to point B? I'm a victim. And I think, yeah, I, I feel like my attention span has has waned. You know what I mean? Uh, do you want to blame social media? I don't know if I've been indoctrinated or programmed to feel that way. I mean, like, that's why you have reels and clips and shorts and this, that and the third. You, you made a valid point. I, I think it's because it's overwhelming, it's oversaturated. It does make it difficult to listen and hone in. And even even listening to music, I feel the same way. You know, back in the day, I, I buy an album, listen to it. I'm going to listen to it again. Pour over it. Look at the liner Absolutely. notes. Now, hear the little people. I listen to it once. I'm done. I it, it, And that is really how people consume stuff. And they make a judgment on whether the art is really valid, if it's any good. And it's like with some things, some things you actually need to sit with. You know, I mean, I'm not saying everybody's entitled to make their judgment right away. Some things you may not need a lot of time with that. You may just be like, this is Basura. I'm moving on, you know, <laughs> and that's fair. That is fair. But, um, you know, I do think that there are certain things, even like TV shows or film statements within them that you need to sit with them a bit and process the theme or the plot, understand the character that they're building out, especially now because, once again, we have so much content, so much content on streamers, and we have these series, so they give us so much more as far, well, we hope, character development and story and the backstory, and you still find people missing huge parts of the plot that they went into great pains to explain to you or to leave a big old Easter egg, and I think it's just because naturally, I know mine has. I remember back in the day um, when Instant Messenger was really popular. So like the mid-2000s, I was on my sidekick doing it up or whatever. And I remember my mom talking to me one day and she was like, you know, you have an addiction. And I was like, what are you talking about, lady? No. And she was like, yeah, you do. You can't go two minutes without checking to see what's going on there. And it caught me off guard. And I was like, wait, she might be right. You know? You know, as empowering as uh, a platform like YouTube, you know what I'm saying, where you could broadcast yourself, uh, TikTok and Instagram, you can go live. As empowering as it is, like I said, once again, it, it, it takes away from us being able to focus on on whatever it is that we need to focus on. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it takes us a while to actually uh, let the music, you know, settle in or whatnot because everybody's empowered to speak now. You know what I'm saying? Because they found their voice, it kind of takes away from them actually listening. Because they just want to put out their opinion and they want the attention and what we talked about earlier. Shout out to Ben Frank. Yeah. The dopamine hit. Yes. The adrenaline yeah. rush that comes along with yeah. all of that. So, I mean, it really is true. They just want to be, hey, I listened and I have an opinion. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what the approach is. And they don't really take the time to settle. Right. And that is to something else that we mentioned earlier. Why you see certain artists go on tour and... Their streams may be ran up, but they can't sell 
out the arenas or they can't sell their tour or their numbers for their new projects. It's like everybody loved them, but the num you know, the money's not there. The response isn't there. The follow through isn't there. Uh-huh. Or, you know, you'll see somebody performing at a show and you'll notice why isn't the crowd singing the lyrics? It's because they really don't know. They may know one song, they may know a chorus of this other one over here, but they're not connecting with the music in the same way, which is so interesting considering how stands are a whole personality type for some people. And they connect in that way so much. I shouldn't even say connect. They identify so much with these artists, but they really don't. It's kind of strange. I don't know. There there needs to be uh, a centralized situation you know like you talked about sports center for example right nobody's really gravitating to sports center because yeah we have all these other sports type podcasts if they didn't exist if everybody wasn't empowered to do their own thing but see i don't all have the focus but i'm just saying Uh people would have that focus right on the thing exactly on on that sports center oh rg3 is being interviewed everybody's going to be able to watch it you know what i mean and there's going to be value from that but I can see RG3 on this platform and that platform. The, the the message starts to, you know, get diluted. Absolutely. But I think even, I think for sports, they have a different challenge too. And just in that we don't have to wait for highlights anymore. They're everywhere. Do you know what I'm saying? Exactly. I don't have to wait to sports center to see if that, you know, that QB just got picked off. I don't have to wait to see that incredible play mm-hmm. or how, you know, Steph went baseline to baseline, knocked the three down or what, you know, whatever. Um, we don't have to wait for that. Mm-hmm. We can see it instantly over and over again, different angles, take it with us. Right. So I think that that is part of it too. And to your point, because we stream so much at our leisure, it's hard to create water cooler moments Mm. anymore. Speak on it. You know, because everyone is watching at their own time. They aren't there's and maybe it's a good thing. There isn't although I think there is the same type of pressure to know or be aware of there isn't the same type of pressure to watch at the given hour or time because (laughs) you can catch it at any time with anything like oh i can catch that conversation after the fact yep i'm a dvr king so see there you go (laughs) i'm at the point now though i don't really turn my tv on that much i watch Mm. a lot of things on my laptop Mm. I don't like watching stuff on my phone. I don't know how people do that so much. Like, I mean, little clips, little things, but like a movie or really something. I want to see the full picture. I want to see all the nooks and crannies in it. It's funny that you uh, mentioned that uh, back in college in one of my marketing classes, uh, a group project that I had, uh, the study was pretty much, you know, is the TV uh, still necessary Considering, you know, people are, you know, watching stuff on their laptops, their phones and stuff like that. So it's funny that you even said that. I mean, but here's the thing with that. For some, it's absolutely not. I mean, you think about how the price of a TV has changed over the course of the last 10 to 15 years. If you wanted the big screen, 60, 70 inch joint, you were coming up off two, three thousand dollars. Now you can get one of those for like seven fifty, maybe less if you get on the block. Huh? I need to go to the store. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, if you get around one of those sales, like the price for TVs has come down yeah. drastically. And I think one, obviously, we've had technological updates and 
things of that nature. But I also think it's because simply people aren't utilizing TVs as much as they used to. Like, you know, everything used to be bigger. You wanted to go in someone's house. That was part of a guy's like setup for his bachelor pad. You know it, he may know just it. have a couch and a huge TV and that one lamp in the corner. Yes, ma'am. Right? And a game system. And a game for sure. And elaborate games, that's going to be hooked up. But that's about it, you know. They may have a box screen for their bed. They may not. <laughs> Are their Full sheets going to match? You know, whatever. But that TV was going to be hooked up. But now at this point, what are we going to do with all of that? When we come forward, we'll have more trending topics and headlines. We will talk about Angel Reese and her decision not to attend class in person. We'll also get into that Rick Ross Law course. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Hey, it's Jill Monroe. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Shout out to those of you that are in the YouTube chat that are sending up those hearts and likes. We always appreciate that. So I promised that I would let you in on what's happening with Angel Reese. You know, we love Angel. She is starting her senior year in college at LSU. LSU's women athletics are doing the thing right now. Shikari obviously just won LSU. Angel, we know that they're going to run it back and have an impressive season. And she's going to continue to do what she does. In a recent interview with Teen Vogue, Angel talked about not only having thick skin, but also about the changes that she's made to her life as far as social media since everything has happened when they won the title back in March. So um, she said she's always had thick skin since she was young. Um, she was put on a platform and she had always gone viral for basketball. So her confidence was natural. But she says that she has started to switch up a couple of things since um, they won the title back in March, April, maybe. She said since she earned that Most Outstanding Player Award, she can no longer attend classes because of her newfound fame. She told Teen Vogue that transitioning from being a student athlete to a public figure that's the subject of fodder on gossip sites and media outlets has been sort of jarring for her she said I didn't think I was going to be on the shade room every time I posted something she said I don't feel like I'm a celebrity but I think a lot of people look at me as a celebrity now because of the impact that I've had not just on women's basketball but on sports in general and I'm a black woman so things have really changed for me in addition to taking her classes online, she admits that she's altered her approach to social media. She said there's no more constant access. She said the negativity started to take a toll on her mentally. So now when she gets on social media, she posts and then logs off. She said that she's really lowered her time spent on apps because it just takes a toll on your mentality. And she just needs to take breaks and have time to herself and live in the moment. So like I said, she's entering her senior year at LSU, and we will for sure see her in the 2024 WNBA draft. We will see the Tigers most likely defend their national title this upcoming season. She's projected as a number two pick for the WNBA draft next year behind who? University of Iowa guard Caitlin Clark. That is the whole thing that happened in the title game and you can't see me and da 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 so we'll see what happens Andy you look like you had a comment no I'm just proud of her kudos to her for that 
you know, uh, you know, uh, social media could be a, a, a crucial platform. And, you know, being this public figure now, I'm sure it's new to her, but I'm just glad that she's, you know, taking care of herself and, you know, guarding, uh, protecting her peace and her energy. One hundred percent. I mean, and she's making a lot of money and she obviously utilizes social media. But I'm glad that she recognizes that protecting her space is a priority and that is how she's going to continue to be able to present her best self and navigate through these things because all, excuse me all eyes will be on her this upcoming season so we'll see what happens with that um we talked about Rick Ross and when we come forward we will get into the whole story about him being a Georgia law course now well his enterprises you know Rick Ross is a businessman he has a lot of things going on and so they are breaking down his businesses and looking at them so we're going to talk a little bit about that when we come forward oh I forgot to mention this in our conversation starter so I'll just drop this here really quickly Giannis Antetokounmpo said that he's not signing in an extension with the Milwaukee Bucks next next summer if everybody's not on the same page. Everybody thought Giannis was so loyal. We'll have to see how that turns out. News and sports, when we come forward, you're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580, Hour 3.